Thank you for downloading Fearless in Devotion, a podcast all about Wrexham AFC. Here they come, our mighty champions, raise your voices to the anthem, marching with our mighty army, Wrexham is the name, Fearless in Devotion. So, Noel, welcome to Fearless in Devotion. Um, Liam, before a big game, where would you go and eat? Well, I on on Friday, I went and ate at the uh, Fat Boar, in fact, and enjoyed one of their delicious posh kebabs. Uh, you did that on Friday, did you? Yeah, um, and and then I, scra- I temporarily scrapped the, ri- the ritual just because of how Friday went, but I, I, I'd still highly recommend it. Okay, that's good. That's good. Yes. So I think we need to talk about a certain big match that seemed to captivate the bloody world yesterday. The world and his wife were there. So before we sort of get into the match, Tim, I know you popped down to Civic Hall. Um, uh, are, are you just a big fan of the council or, or, is there, or is there something else going on down there? I'm just a fan of the Guildhall architecture. Nothing more, nothing less. Pretty special. It's and... And temporary, uh, temporary barriers to keep the baying mob at bay, I suppose. So, um, yeah, no, I was, I was, I was heading down to town early, and then I kind of twigged that they were obviously getting the uh, being made free men's of Wrexham. So I thought, well, if I'm down that way and I'm parking up by there, why not pop over? It was pissing down with rain, and there wasn't many people there, but just mainly sort of families and stuff trying to catch a glimpse. And yeah, they came out. Um, Quick skedaddle, sort of Sean, Sean Harvey and, and Humphrey Carr were, were the with the lackeys for one of a better words, carrying their uh, various um, uh, presentations and, and all that sort of malarkey, but all very very well dressed for the occasion. And yeah, obviously Ryan came out, he was clutching his his uh, daughter, um, who was sleeping. Uh, he mentioned that obviously she jet lagged. Um, so yeah, very very much a kind of flying visit because by all accounts his daughter was due back in school this uh, Tuesday morning. So yeah, it was, a, it was a quick hop, hop and back over the pond. But it was nice, just nice to see him in the flesh. But it's still it's still strange. It's still weird, you know. Just um, him just popping out casually. Oh hello, <laughs> you know. There was yeah. probably about maybe a hundred, hundred and fifty people there tops. Um, probably got um, paid to it a bit. The burning question is, if you got freedom of the city stroke town of Wrexham, what would you want? What would be your special power, your special thing that you can do that no one else can do? Keep it clean. No, I can't, I'd, I'd, I'd probably implement chips for a quid across the entire um, town just to, just to sort of extend, extend what we'd love to see at the race course. I don't know what my superpower would be. Does it have to be like a weird, proper comic book superpower, or do you mean <clears throat> it can be? I mean, anything? no, no, it's not actually a superpower. It's just you can do something due to the fact that by royal statute you have the freedom of Wrexham. So there's something you can do in Wrexham that no one else can. Uh, oh God, I'd like to have a uh, an exclusive key to St Giles's Church just so I can go up when I fancy it, and uh, you know I'm just going to pop a beer, get a bit of fresh air. Because, you know, believe it or not, it is an amazing view up there. They did used to do tours, kind of ad hoc basis, but it's a bit of a climb. And 
off the top of my head, I, I keep it fairly, I'd be quite grounded and just have like a free pass up St. Giles Church where I could just have a cheeky barbecue with a couple of mates. Sounds like you want to join the National Trust. Um, Liam, <laughs> what would what would you do? Well, after you broke the, the news to me the other week that you have to pay now to get into Checkers, I think I'd have a lifetime free pass to Checkers and I'd also like to own a horde of flying monkeys, so I'm not asking for much, but free pass to Checkers, flying monkeys. I feel like I've undersold myself now. You definitely <laughs> have, but you went first, so... Um, I, 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 I went for the, the sort of national trust angle, clearly. Um, so, yeah. Free parking, that'd be cracking. Oh, any... You absolutely... <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I was about to say. I, I want to be able to park anywhere. And I mean literally anywhere. If I just want to park on a roundabout, I can do that. Um, and I'll just put like a little sort of note on my car saying I am... Um, I am the Wrexham's greatest son, and this is where I'm parking. So that's what I, that's why I wanted. Oh, you've ruined it now, Tim. You had to, you Sorry. had your go, but then you had to come back and spoil my go, didn't you? You're so. coming along, commandeering Gilpin's Island. They call them islands in Birmingham, um, not roundabouts. That used to okay. Be. Um, right. Okay. Apart from apart from that, I think they were spotted at the turf as well, weren't they? Didn't they jump on stage? Uh, there was a um, obviously there was a bit of an event on with Declan Swans and uh, and Rathouse and a couple of other bands, and yeah, they 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 came up and there was a bit of a chant for it's always sunny in Wrexham, and they played their little part in it. So it's just it's just weird, isn't it? It's st- it's still amazing, but it's still weird. Even when you see the videos now, it's like, has that happened? Is that really happened? If you put of a video clip montage of all the times they visited and the things they've done, it would just be like, oh my God, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, it's just bonkers. And it's now got to the point, I think we're firmly in, in that ballpark where we just feel like, oh yeah, they're just popping over. They're, they, you know, they're just in, in the pub. Just like literally a one of us kind of thing now. I just I feel like it's more that than the, they're our owners, they're the Hollywood guys. It just very much feels like, yeah, they're just they're just two of our guys that have, have done pretty well for themselves. Um, yeah, but have they ever been to Checkers? Uh, right. Um, talking about the local sort of pubs and hostelries in the in the area, I was in the Mice Gwyn before the before the match. My mate Chris was there with me. He he says he's probably said about four or five things to me during an hour, which I didn't even reply to because I was so nervous absolutely could not get a word out of me it's weird I didn't it's not like I was I was like and lots of anticipation it was just a bit of nothingness nerves I couldn't really get get um get get rid of Liam what were you like before the match so I went to the drunk monk another nice uh, local hostelry uh, enjoyed the wares there and I've just I'll be honest after the the Halifax game, all in the build-up. My mentality has just been not sort of defeatist, but I've just been trying to mentally prepare myself for the likelihood that we were going to lose. Uh, I must have had a, I think I had a, a dream about it or a nightmare, if you want, the night before. And I think we lost three two actually, which is quite. I got the score right, just not the right way. Um, yeah, I was bricking it, absolutely bricking it. I was I was pretty calm because obviously I, I saw you, Andy. You were chain smoking like Bette Gilroy and Liz McDonald rolled into one. 
Um, for our American friends, they're characters, old characters in Coronation Street. They very uh, well. and, and for my mum, I wasn't, all right? And Yes, and, yes, and, yes. And for it also was. for Amber, I wasn't. I, I don't know what you're on about. Looked look like a cigarette to me. Um, but yeah, don't worry about it. He was also yeah, you were like an annoying scrappy dude, Tim. Tim, everyone was like nervous and you were just going up and down saying, we're going to do it, we're going to do it. Yeah, man, let him at it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. <laughs> Um, and where was I from with that accent? Because I'd love to know. <laughs> um, wherever Scrappy Doo lives, I don't know. <laughs> Answers on a postcard to, to fidzine at gmail.com. Where does, yeah, where does Wrexham Scrappy Doo live? Yes. Well, his name is Paul Mullin, but we'll come to him in a bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I was unnervingly calm about it, which, which, which concerned me in a weird way. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I just felt like... You know, the endless despondency and gloom that we've become accustomed to. Even now, two years into the takeover, it still hasn't drummed it fully out of us. You know, there's still moments, isn't there, whether it's Grimsby last season or whatever, but it, it just this this season just seems to have ironed out any kind of doubt that, that this team is special, it's the management team is special, everything about it. And I just felt that we we would put on a show as the song goes just because Halifax was awful. And I just knew that there would be some sort of reaction. Um, but I don't think any of us quite imagined what, what we saw in the second half. Cause it was just insane. So good. Before we get into there now, um, me and Liam were, were, were the same and everyone I sort of spoke to side, side cook and people like that were, were really nervous. And I, and I thought that might translate into a bit of a flat atmosphere, a bit of a nervous one. I think I, I, we experienced it in Bromley away where it wasn't just quite, quite there. Luckily that wasn't the case at all. And I don't know if it's because Ryan and Rob were there, but one thing I did think that that sort of G'd us up was we had a minute's applause for Jason Turner, who was the Notts County chief exec. And fair play, we 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 got into that, didn't we? Um, we sort of it started, started clapping. Yeah, started before the referee's whistle. Totally, yeah. we, we were keen, and I just wonder if that sort of that sort of I don't know, maybe cut the tension a little bit and got us into a mood where where we did want to to shout and and sing. And I thought I thought the atmosphere was probably one of the best ones this season. I thought it was on a par with Sheffield United, if not better in 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 in, in some sort of aspects. Now now Tim, you're you're in the uh, singing bit. How was it for you? The singing bit. Well it's spread now. It's become a bit of an L shaped singing bit. So you've got all of the university stand and you've got the sort of uh the the sort of you know the right side of, of the MRS. So it's kind of all reverberates quite nicely now. And um yeah, it was it was just it was just really good because the twelfth man lads had done a bit of a march beforehand to try and get people in the mood and, and create a bit of noise, carried that on into the ground. And then I think about from about twenty to three, there was like oh, it just seemed a little bit flat. And then it got to ten to five to five to three and it was just bouncing. It was just felt there was something in the air, something special about it. Obviously, with the owners in town, it always feels special anyway, and 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 the players and the fans want to put on a show for them as almost like a like a kind of a, a a repeated sort of show of gratitude and 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 thanks to what they've done really because you know we can turn up and we can pay our money and and the players can can take their money and 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 put in a performance but none of this really would have would have been possible had it not been for them so it feels like that as well it just feels like every time they come it's like a homecoming and 
we kind of want to want to make it special for them because yes they can afford to come over but that is a that's a lot of hard yards they put in you know to bring the, the their family their friends um it's not not quite as easy as you might think so i'm glad that we did it and i'm glad we did it in style yeah, I, I I agree with you there. I, I do think we're in a, we're still in the stage where we want to impress them and we want them to to, to know that they've done the right thing. Um, I think more and more they 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 are realizing that. Uh, the match sort of kicks off. Um, I mean, I thought County's passing game was second to none. I thought it was fantastic. What I did notice early doors was how high a line they were holding, and I did sort of think when you've got a when you've got a player like Paul Mullin. Um, you're going to come a cropper at one point if you try and do that because he is so clever that he will, out of anyone there, he will exploit it. Now, Ollie Palmer will stand there and battle, but but Mullin behind him will just will just make make the uh, make the runs. Um, I want to ask Liam, do you like linesmen? Are uh, you the Andrew Robertson of that assistant of referee? Assistant referee will have you know. Well, 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 just to set the scene here, when I got into the ground, I had none other than Reese Williams's dad sat in front of me, lovely bloke that he is. And and after the match, I was sort of like, oh my god, what must Reese's dad think of me? Because at one stage, I was at pitch side giving it um, a bit a bit of verbals to the linesman. And, uh, yeah, the, give, the, give, give, give us an example, and you can you can be your own bleeping machine as you say it. Because it is a um, I'm well. I may I may have told him that his mum was ashamed of him. That was probably one of the more tamer, <laughs> one of the more tamer uh, shouts from me. I but... know. Your mum's ashamed of you. She's ashamed exactly. of you, mate. <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't go I for. Out, but... I didn't go for the classic "Where's your guide dog?" that some people around me uh, try out. But it was. It, it was just the fact that you, know, you talk about that high line and. There was a bit of disgruntlement at halftime. I actually thought Parkey got the, the tactics spot on. And you could see exactly what he was trying to do. But the problem was, you had a linesman, every tight offside call, some weren't even tight. Well, I think one, Ryan Barnett, was when it, in his own half when he starts making the run. Every call went against us. And I haven't taken the time to go back and review them, but I stand by the fact that his mum was ashamed of him for that performance. I think um, I think there's a, a lad called Sam Higgins on on Twitter has put a load of videos clipped from the game, which shows shows some dodgy some dodgy bloody decisions by not just Delino but the referee. You know, for the goal, it, it's obvious that Rodriguez tripped himself, the big numpty, and then uh, and and you know we got a free kick from that. I mean, it does more and more when you see it. It looks like a penalty. I think it's is it Rawlingson or is it the Cameron on on Mullin, where he's not looking at the ball. All he's thinking about is pushing pushing Mullin, and you know the referee is right right in front of that. It did sort of seem that it was going to be one of those one of those days where we weren't going to get anything. Where the ref wants to show, you know what, I'm bigger than the occasion. I'm not a homer here. I'll uh, I'll, I'll I'll referee the game I want to, and you know. It surprised me in the second half when he didn't give the um, the decision for for the Notts County defender who clashed with Mullin before the goal. I mean, I, I think he slipped. And I think he slipped because not only had it been raining, but they well watered that pitch. And everyone in the first half was 
was slipping all over the place. So I, I did think two things from the first half, which was cagey. Um, but you can't really you can't really say that County probably didn't deserve to to be ahead at that point. Uh, it was cagey. Two things, yes, the high line, and secondly, the slips. And I wondered if they would both come together. And in the in the end, they did they did come together. But you know, we just needed that goal at that at that point, and it seemed to settle our nerves. And Tim, what a second half! Yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? Because I mean, I was like, I think I'm I'm not on the par with with Liam's um, cussing for you know your mum's your mum's ashamed of you, but I was like. Bloody hell, not count. Do you pass teams to death? Or do you bore them to death? Because I was just like, what, what are they doing with it? Side to side, like the crabs, not the magpies. I was like, are you going to do anything with it? And then they made put force phosphor into one save. They then get the goal, and I was just, I just sort of sat down at halftime. I felt a little bit deflated because I just thought, are we going to carry on allowing them to play that sort of game in the second half? They're going to have to do something different. And like Liam's already said, the game plan. Because we just pressed them early in that second half, pressed and pressed, started forcing the errors, started making them jumpy and jittery and frustrated them. And we've already mentioned scrappy to scrappy dudes, but that's what we were. We're just a team, these little bastards biting at the heels of every Notts County player. And it was great to see because, you know, we all know that attack is the best form of defence as far as Luke Williams and his team is concerned. So... I think the Dorkin manager said the other week, he said, we're, we're going to try and attack them because they're not used to defending. And that's exactly yeah. that's exactly what, what it proved to be the case. They're not used to defending. And you can see they're not used to defending. Because yeah, I, mean, I don't think they're great at defending. No, um, but I mean, what, what made me laugh is that, you know, everybody bangs on about, oh yeah, Wrexham score loads from set pieces and and, and Notts County score loads of goals from open, open play. The script completely flipped on its head. We're the ones whacking in goals from open play. They're the ones whacking in goals from, from set pieces. And it was just, I watched that second half again last night because I, I just felt, you know, when you're there and you get into the moment and it's amazing, yeah. you just feel, sometimes you, you feel you have to watch things back and, and look at it from a different angle, a different point of view. And it was just, it was just special. And, and that game would not have looked at a place at the sort of lower end of the championship because of the quality that was on show. It was just so good. And I think there is a, not even a begrudging respect, there is a solid respect between both teams, both sets of fans, because they're both sides that, for all the money, are trying to play the game in the right way. And, and that was that was a perfect example of it. Yeah, and this, there were some heroes of that that game for me, and um, mostly in the second half. And I just want to go through a, a few of them with with you guys and just see what you what you guys think. Uh, the first one I want to give a shout out to is Jacob Mendy Mendy. Now, Mendy Mendy, I'll be honest, he had a mare against Halifax. Yeah. Um, I know you were there, Tim. I was watching it. Uh, I was watching on, on the stream, wow. and he struggled. And I think towards the end, he was making runs, and no one was even passing to him. And I thought it was a big call for him to, to to start again. But fair play, what a performance that guy gave! You know, with yeah, yeah with I, ju- I just ringing, think, ringing what, in his ears. Whatever's, I mean, that that is a prime example of Parky's man management. He said that he sat down with him and said, "You're not you're not being yourself." So they've ironed out whatever's bothering him, and. I think I think he's one. Of, he's a, he's a kind of a confidence player. I think if you have a word in his ear and say you you're better than what you're showing, so just go out there, back yourself, believe in yourself, 
because he, he's athletic, he's strong, he's powerful. And sometimes, you, you like, especially you know, prior to yesterday, there was a couple of games where he was, he showed all the ability, but then he, he kind of like sort of reined himself in on occasion. I thought, oh, he could have gone for that if he had a bit more confidence. And yesterday he was, well, easily his best game for us. He was brilliant. He was brilliant. And, you know, that Neman is, is a tricky customer to deal with. I thought he handled him really well and his goal. Well, yeah, is, the man went off. Yeah, you but his, his, his goal was brilliant because if you watch it back again, I didn't notice it when I was there, but when you watch it back, who who's, who passes it into Mullion? Was it O'Connell? It was it O'Connell was doing, I think it was Toza, wasn't it? Was it Toza? Such the, a fir- the first goal was Jones. The first goal was yeah. Jones from Mullins goal. And then, but what what was the pass that picked up Mullin that put in there? One of the back two. I thought it was yeah. Toza. Yeah. But that, that ball was amazing. And then, like, yeah. like you can said. I, can I say on. one more thing? Right. You two guys, I'm going to say a statement. You two guys say yes or no. That was Ben Toza's best game for us. I, yes. Yeah. I mean, a few people have said it on Twitter. He's been a solid eight out of ten for the last couple of months. I don't think it's hard to disagree. And yeah, just just going back to, I mean, that pass into uh, into Mullin and then Mendy. If you watch it back on the telly, he's pointing to Mullin on the other side of the pitch where you want him to put it. He's already he's already picked this spot. And when Mullin crosses it, all of us, especially in that standard, like who's he put, who's he picking out? There's nobody in the box. And he cut, he burns in off that that channel, that left channel. Yeah. He was pointing where he wanted it, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, but the, the finish Great. still had a lot to do. Still oh, had a lot to the do. The finish that. is as good as it gets. First time, you can't put it anywhere else because there's a covering defender that blocks it if it hits it too low. If it hits it too high, it's over the bar. So there's only one place you can put it. Goal of the game if you take out Bostock's goal, of course. Um, yeah, let's take out Bostock's goal. Um, <laughs> Let's just say uh, we're being joined by T- Tom Williams again, who's a friend of the pod, who did uh, did a piece uh, with us a couple of months ago on County. Um, Tom, we're just going through some of the heroes of the of the game. Um, in your ears for some of it, but we we do have we we've got a section of questions for you. But if you want to come in on anything, mate, just just uh, turn your mic off and we'll, we'll let you have a say. Now, obviously, we've talked about the Lino who. His his mum hates him. Is that right, Liam? Yeah, well, so I'm led to believe, and um, I won't say what I won't say what I said about his dog because I felt terrible afterwards because no, I love I love dogs. Well, I said I, I said I hope that his dog got run over, and then I thought <laughs> I thought oh, that's terrible because I I love dogs, so I'd rather the linesman was run over. But maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. Uh, just a very angry. Angry individual. Please start filming these. The Liam Randalls, Alan Partridge, Alan Partridge School, <laughs> yeah. school of Berating. I try to make them inventive. I try and make them as uh, inventive as possible. Right. Anyway, the way that you can get past a, a lino who is going to constantly say that everything is offside is by hitting the ball in the air and running after yourself. It's the only way that you cannot be <laughs> offside. And fair play to Owen O'Connell for sort of for, for realising that in the second half and doing doing a Gary Owen when he exactly needed to. Now, O'Connell, I thought, had a very good game. I thought he, t- he showed some, some great touches when we, when we needed it. Um, Liam, do you think the, 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 the penalty at the end, though, do you think that was just a bit of a rush of blood to the, to the head there? I mean, it was a definite penalty, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it was. And when I saw it in live play, I was surprised that the referee didn't blow up immediately. Um, it was probably only a few seconds between that and when he did actually blow up, but it felt like an eternity. So by the, I, th- I think, like most fans, didn't realise he'd given it. Notts County fans definitely didn't because they didn't cheer until... I think it was just unfortunate, though. When you see it in um, replay, you can... There's an argument to say you know, his hands had already moved, but it's like, well, yeah, it's a handball, isn't it? But as for that that run, though, where he passed to himself, me and my mates were saying it was like some sort of FIFA glitch. Their players all <laughs> slowed, <laughs> slowed down. Suddenly, Owen O'Connell, who, not, I don't think he's slow, but he's not one of the fastest on the pitch, suddenly appears from nowhere on the wing. <laughs> I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. But other than that handball, which, you know, could have been costly, but I've, I think it would have been harsh on him if if they'd scored. But yeah, he had a great game. Right, let's let's get on to to what happened after after that handball. Ben Foster's save. Now, now we all know that Foster took a, a bit of flack against Halifax for for you know there was a couple of couple of shots at his near post that maybe uh, a flying fully sort of <laughs> a keeper who hadn't had nine months off may have saved. Now, I think that's the fairest that I can say there. But I think Foster proved yesterday why we brought him back. Because I've sort of seen the highlights and the save he made before even even the penalty was fantastic. But the penalty save was absolutely brilliant. Because when he gets there, and it's a well-struck penalty, by the way, he also has to push it around, push it away from goal. And it hits his first hand, then hits his second hand. They're both strong and he manages to get it away. It's an absolutely brilliant save. Tim, what was your view of it? You were, you were straighter. I, straight I, I, I love the fact that you've counted how many hands Ben Foster's got. He's <laughs> <laughs> hit his first hand, then he's hit his second hand. Just in case you had any doubt. Um, yeah, it, <laughs> It was really good. I mean, if if you look at his interview after, he says that he'd already figured out where uh, the wonderfully Welsh named Kedwin Scott was going to put it. Um, obviously, he respotted it, which, bone of contention, is a handball because the referee's already blown. So it should have been a free kick to us. So I, it's by the by now, isn't it? Um, that would have been an interesting debate had he scored it, by the way. But then, yeah, if you look at the interviews, Foster said that. There's no way, because he's, he's run up, there's no way he's going to open, open his hips and go right in the 97th minute of a game of that magnitude. So he said he's either going to go down the middle or he's going to go to Foster's right. And he said he, he went purely on intuition because all the data they had suggested that Scott would go to his, his left. And you can't buy intuition. You can buy experience, but you can't buy intuition. And that's what an experienced goalkeeper gets you. You, know, you, you just have a, a gut feeling. And it was amazing because it's a strong. It's it's not a bad. It's not a bad penalty, you know. It, it gets a lot of stick. You might get a bit of stick for it, but it's a very very well struck penalty. It's a bit probably a bit more central than what you would have wanted, but he hits it with some pace. You know, so he's much. had to respot it about two oh, yeah. times. So, he's, had, you know. he's had to get not one hand but two hands on it. Last week, well, forget. you know, he could have hit it with his first foot, or he could have hit it with his second foot, <laughs> and you know, maybe hit it with the wrong foot. Um, I, either way, I, it's an amazing save. He's pushed it away. He's taken all the plaudits, but and then he's 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 cramped up, and um, it's made for wonderful viewing on his vlog. By the way, 
FC Halifax Town have just tweeted they're not angry, they're just disappointed that Ben Foster didn't include any footage from the defeat of the shit. <laughs> I reckon his, go, his <laughs> GoPro definitely broke for, for a large swathe of that second half. Superb shit, Ozen. Right, two more people I want to I wanna talk about before we bring Tom in. Um, first, Firstly, how far can Tom O'Connor go in the game? You know what? I, when I saw his name on the team sheet, I was like, yes, Tom O'Connor's on the team sheet. Oh, crap. Ton of cliffs not. Um, so when I saw that he was he was playing at centre-back, I thought, you know, this could really go one or two ways here. I mean, he's a great player, but, you know, that's not his natural position. But there was little nuances to the way that Parky had them playing where occasionally he'd step out of defence and, you know, make an inception or a pass. And same with O'Connell on the other side of Tozer. It just worked so well. I think it's just like his his composure on the ball in those tense situations. Now, I think Andy Cannon's a great player, but he's not always who I want in possession, sort of around, around the sort of 20 yards out. Sometimes he gets caught in possession, but O'Connor just... I don't know. He's just so cool and collected. I think he really could go far. Future, yeah, captain, um, future captain material. Yeah, I'd say so. And the fact that he is versatile, um, I think actually playing county probably fitted to his strengths in the back line because they like to play about so much. He, he's quite good at anticipating things. You know, if you if you just had a Woking who were absolutely firing a ball at him, which is what Bromley did in the uh, in the playoff. Oh, sorry, in the. Um, in the final last year, maybe he's not as effective, but but playing a game like County, I thought he, he really grew into it, and it was like he hadn't really been away. I think of all the players we brought in, Mullin aside due to age, I think he's got the most potential to to really have a great career um, and go and go a few a few levels higher. Hopefully, hopefully with us. Now I've sort of mentioned him, but how good is Mullin? And where does he rank all time? Because I'm thinking we're going to have to start talking about him in all time terms. So, Tim, simple question. Is he in your top five strikers already? Yes. Um, primarily because we haven't had many good strikers at non-league level. Let's be honest about it. Um, Take non-league out of it, mate. Take non-league yeah, out of it. Yeah, I, I know. But I, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a handful, isn't there? There's always that handful for us of our generation. That there's your Bennett. Your Morel, your Trundle, and then he has to come into the reckoning because his goals to game ratio is through the roof. He broke the, the post-war record held by Morel the other day. I can't remember the final, the actual fuller, finer details. He's just, he, he's just a man of the people, isn't he? He just happens to be a very good goal scorer as a boot. And and the beauty of yesterday, and a lot of Knox County fans have conceded it that. They've got a, a greater respect having seen him at his best. They didn't get to see him at his best um, in the games previously against them, but his all-round display, you know, scoring one, setting up two, almost set up Dalby for another one. He's just a pest. And he could have reined, he could have reined his game in when he got that yellow card because I thought he's going to have to... He's treading the fine line now already, but he's clever. He knows what he needs to do. And, you know, he, he stayed on his feet to make sure there was no dodgy yellows after that as well. But, yeah, without a doubt, he, he has to be up there. You know, he's, it's not even a, he's in, he has to be in the conversation. He is in the conversation and he is on target to become, I'm not going to say a legend just yet, but he's firmly on course for it. Liam, where's your rank for you? 
he's definitely up there. Like I'd say at the moment, Andy Morell's my, you know, been my number one for quite some some time. But the way Mullin conducts himself, the passion in his game, and the thing I love about most about him is he's horrible. He's bloody horrible. Like you're just like a rat up a drain pipe all over the pitch. And opposition fans can't stand him. Like I was reading a few of the comments on the Natlas County forum, and I thought, you know what? From an opposition perspective, I can see I can see why you wouldn't like him. But we we bloody love him because he's ours. He's our yeah. super Paul Mullin, as Andy Andy Gilpin once said. Is um does is his mum ashamed of him, Liam? Nah, she's proud. Um, Tom, can I bring you in? Do you hate Paul Mullin? Um, hate's a strong word. Um. <laughs> Honestly, I dislike that he was so good on Mon- uh, on Monday. Well, yesterday feels like ages ago now. Um, yeah, I dislike how how good he was, but as a player, um, he is fantastic, isn't he? Um, he's, yeah. he's a horrible player to play against. To be honest, I was a bit disappointed, and I don't want to go on about it because it is overplayed the fact that he goes down easy. And obviously, from where we were stood, um, if you watch it back, you can actually see he does get clipped. Um, but from where we were stood, it looked like he was going down quite theatrically. And it was quite disappointing um, that he was going down so easily. But second half, um, I think that's one of the best individual performances I've seen in this league. It was just really annoying. But nonetheless, I'm sure for you guys, it wasn't wasn't quite as annoying. No, no, we we can sort of, uh, we can we can level our minds with it, really. Um, just overall, uh, how did you sort of see County play? Were, did they... Do they always hold that high line, or did did Williams change it at all uh, for the game? I mean, for the first half, you knocked it about beautifully. I think we I think we pressured you a lot more in the second half, and I think that's where maybe some mistakes started to creep in. But overall, are you pleased with the performance, if not the results? Yeah, I think we performed okay. Um, first half, I thought we were the better team. I thought we controlled things um we perhaps were lucky with the high line we do we do play high line quite often i think it was perhaps more it's higher than than it usually is perhaps but i think we were trying to compress things in your half i think we were just trying to you know keep things in your half and keep you away um that was my one concern going into the game was the high line because i the, the three center backs we picked uh have little pace especially in comparison to our other two center backs who missed out um, either through, and I think unfortunately both centre back, the other two centre backs, Brindley and Baldwin, have sort of had injuries recently and, and weren't fully fit. And also, definitely Brindley isn't the tallest, so I think he went with Rawlinson for his height. Um, and I think we did lack that pace, unfortunately. Um, that that is what ultimately cost us. I think the, the pace in the back line. Um, I think, but it, unless you you played that ball in the channel in the first half and we were catching you out, but second half. We just seem to get the weight of every single ball in that channel right, and it just it just ultimately it was our undoing. If we could play the game again, I think he makes an adjustment in the game. I was I was wanting him to move Chickson back there because it just was. We just every time you you got it, you just played it into that channel, and we just couldn't deal with it. it, it that was the that's the only disappointing thing was that I felt we gifted you some some obviously we gifted you some goals. Um, and I think we lost the, the control in the second half. We we were out for really. I think it's as simple as that. We were out for, and I don't think that's the lack of desire from the players. I just think, you know, the atmosphere, the occasion, and and the adjustments you guys made just just nullified this second half. 
Where do County go from here? Um, can you see Wrexham slipping up? Is the title race over? Yeah, I can't see slipping up, to be honest. Obviously, um, I, I think you might drop points again, but we need you to drop points in multiple games um, for us to even have a, a chance. Um, so I think if we finish level on points, we, we'll have won it because of, we need to win games and that means you've dropped points and the goal difference isn't that isn't too dissimilar now. But I can't even see dropping points in two games, to be, like to, two losses. Like You might draw two, but that'd be enough anyway, wouldn't it? So, um, yeah, I think... For us, it's about the playoffs now. It's about pick it, picking ourselves up. We just need to put in three good performances, regardless whether that's to have a an absolute outside chance that you slipped up, or whether that's just to gain momentum for the playoffs. Because we need to pick ourselves up. And I don't think it was even a bad performance. That's what's you know perhaps it, it wasn't a bad performance. It, we, we scored the penalty later on. We probably come out of the game happier. So it's one of those where it's just, it's just such a close game. Yeah, it's fine margins. Uh, Tom, I want to just talk about the celebrations and sort of like the fallouts and like the, the social media stuff. But later on, I'd like if, if you could help us pick a joint Wrexham County team. Yeah. Um, as sure. a little bit of fun. So, yeah, but yeah, sure. sure you're outnumbered. Play. You're outnumbered quite a lot here. So you're going to have to fight your corner pr- pretty hard for, for, for some of these players. Um, yeah. Just lads, just just how did we feel after it? Um, I know Tim, you were you were absolutely sure that we were going to win anyway. Um, uh, I saw something on Twitter that that surprised me a little bit. An emotional Tim Edwards. I thought you were made of stone. Are you not made of stone, Tim? They were granite tears. Um, no, I mean, I don't know what came over me. I think my, my dad lost his voice, and he was like. He was swearing like a trooper, like, don't give him any fucking space. You'll, you'll get punished. Kept on repeating that over and over and over. And um, it was tense, even though we carved out a decent, you know, a lead and then got pegged back. And I, I still felt that we'd go on to win it. I just, just like, like Tom said, there was just, we overpowered them and rattled them. And it's true that, the, 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 you know, it, they, we did rattle them and they had a bit of a, a bit of a moment where they felt like they were getting back a foothold in the game before they scored the second. And um, I still felt we got them rattled. And I just, I just felt even then I was confident of getting across the line. And then the penalty thing, it was such an anti-climax because like, all eyes were on Mullin chasing that ball down. I was like, oh, is it? Is he want to throw in? And nobody, none of us really knew what, what had gone on because there wasn't, you know, the, the classic, point to the spot and whistle blown. It was all a bit of a, you know, sort of cloak and dagger. Nobody really knew what was going on. So, so when it, it was, it was, you know, became apparent it was a penalty. It just, everybody was mystified and frustrated, but not massively surprised because, you know, the, the standard of the officiating in that game wasn't great. So I'll be honest, I I was on more online with it than you guys. And I thought it was a penalty straight away. I, I mean, we, I, I can see it from where I was, but, I, a few people sat down, couldn't you know, bear to view it. And I just thought, I just thought, yeah, he's had a bit of a sketchy game at Halifax. Um, is it written in the stars that you get a 40-year-old keeper back who's turned down Newcastle's riches to maybe go and pull something out of the bag here when it really matters? And yeah, when he saved it, and then even there it's hard, in mouse time because the ball came in again before the whistle went and when the whistle went I literally burst out into floods of tears it was weird I don't know what went on I just 
literally started blubbing. <laughs> I, I, I think it was like, I think it was a combination of relief and, and belief without wanting to be so rhythmic about it, but the belief that you kind of feel, you can, you can almost touch the cup, you know, you can scrape a fingernail on it now that it feels like it's finally within sight. And, and I think that's, that's the overwhelming aspect. I, I still remember at Lincoln and our last ever football league match. And if you'd have told me that it would take us 15 years to, to get back to the league, none of us would have believed anybody. Yeah. So I think it was just, it was just that overwhelming sense of joy, elation, relief. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. I mean, Today, I've spent a lot of the day doing media interviews, which just shows the amount of interest that is still still in this club. Just when you think that there can't be another notch to this club, that there can't be any more publicity, then, you know, I went on the Today programme on Radio 4 today, and like they, before they introduced me, like they some went... Some lad on Radio 4? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Subtitles on the radio. Um, <laughs> it, before I even came on, they were there, all right... Um, we we just like to point out we don't normally cover non-league football, but Wrexham isn't an ordinary club. And then they, I, I mean, I'll I'll be honest, some of their questioning was a little bit basic. Maybe they didn't get the proper nuances of football, but it's just mad that that program wants to wants to talk about Wrexham FC. What did they ask you? Tell us about what football is. Uh, it's just, uh, I'm, no, I'm not going to get on the BBC's back. Well, come on, you, if you're going to if you're going to pimp yourself out to every media outlet going, you might as well tell us the myself out. You've just, you've just said you've pimped yourself out to every media outlet going. No, I said you, I've done some interviews. I didn't say that I. I still looked like battered on ITV Wales at lunchtime. I, 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 re- I reckon. I reckon Andy's got like an old school pager attached to attached to his belt that goes Do off. You United the national news. Oh, was that robotic Reese? I, f- I think yeah. that's um, that. That was the voice of Reese Williams coming at you live from a an underground station. <laughs> Can you hear me? I'm not on an underground station. I'm currently passing Neath on the train. Same oh, difference. You'd love to be underground rather than passing Neath. <laughs> 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 to any to any Wrexham fans, uh, pod pod listeners um, from Neath, um, Andy is a media whore, and he didn't mean it. Neath uh, has yeah. got a lovely market, lovely covered market. It's lovely to hear your lush tones, Reese. Thank you very much. Wonderful to be here. Please carry on. <laughs> um, did Reese have a point then? <laughs> just, just to keep I, us in. I, yeah. I, I was just correcting Liam that, it, that Andy appeared on the ITV National News, not ITV Wales News. Oh, oh, sorry. oh, sorry, sorry, Mister Mister National News. I, 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 I mean, I'll be honest. I wanted the the lush tones of Rob Shelley, but. Can I just um, say that I more or less did Reese's work for him yesterday by going outside the Lager Club and doing free interviews. I'm actually, I want to be known now, now as an ITV, ITN cameraman. And, and I know Reese is going to make me cut that out. I don't know what you're talking about. Please cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were anyway. several sheets to the wind at that point though, weren't you? <laughs> oh, you can tell that by the end of that, that, um, that, that broadcast when my eye started flicking for some reason. Um, anyway, right. Okay. Liam, get me out of this hole. Talk about the social media reaction. You've got some stats. It's, we're we're going to yeah. call the section Liam's stats attack. I mean, these stats are so up to date. I just hit F5 on the um, BT Sports Twitter account. Um, so on the, on the Foster penalty save, there's now been 9.7 million views on BT Sports Twitter account, which just goes to show 
how bonkers the levels of exposure was. But there was a tweet um, earlier in the day which also just captured it. So it's an account called Data Power, and they did an analysis of how much the game was talked about. Um, so their tweet says, Ben Foster's heroics helped Wrexham generate unprecedented levels of global interest in the club, its partners, and the National League on Monday. In fact, it gained more mentions than even the Premier League's biggest weekend game, which was Liverpool versus Arsenal. Ours got almost 62,000 mentions on Twitter, compared to about 800 less for Liverpool and Arsenal. Um, and the actual yeah. full-time... Yeah. Do you think 42,000 of them were, I bloody hate Wrexham? I hope they go bust. I think it was people talking about the ref- the uh, linesman's dog. I think most of them were. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, mate. I got, I, got, I got you in full flow there. Carry on, carry on. Um, so the full-time score announcement when the club did the um, rather dashing image of a dragon torching some magpies, which I thought was a bit sinister, a bit Game <laughs> of Thrones, if we're honest. But... Um, yeah, that's been that was viewed over 10.5 million times on Twitter, um, and that compared to Arsenal's full-time one, which was 2.9 million. I mean, what could Arsenal have done? They could have got what's their what's their what's their um, mascot again? It's Gunnosaurus. If Gunnosaurus had a cannon and he was fire, he was blowing the liver bird's head off. <laughs> I thought you were going to say his name's Ari the Ass or something, but no, Gunasaurus. Ari the Ass sounds better. I noticed that Tom was shaking his head in disgust when you mentioned the uh, the official full time tweet of the dragon. I, I was surprised when I saw it. What did you think, Tom? <laughs> oh, it, it's, it's, it's horrendous, isn't it? I, I don't know. I just thought the picture itself was just. I just couldn't believe it when he saw that. It was just. It was very clip art. Very clip art, wasn't it? It, it was. was. Just... I um. I thought it was fake to start with, to be honest. Um, you <laughs> click on the account, you know, because the Twitter's blue now, you can make all these fake accounts. I had to click on to make sure it was the proper one. But, um, and it was just on the Ben Foster. I think one million of those have been me. All, I would sc- scroll through the timeline. Another, I don't want to see this penalty ever again. But you scroll through Twitter, all you can see is that penalty save. So, yeah, I, I almost had to, I actually looked into trying how to block a video. I don't know if you can do that, but I'd love to be able to block that video. Never want to see that again. There is there is a lad on um, on Twitter, a Notts County fan, who did the right thing. Let me just see if I can find it. Yeah, Adam, um, Adam1862, Notts County fan. His muted words are Bajrami, Ben Foster, Deadpool, GoPro, Paul Mullin, Ryan Reynolds and Wrexham. Muted words forever. So he's had enough, including my Euro players. All the others, I can, I can understand why he's, he's done that. Um, definitely Ben Foster. And I, I've never, ever... I mean, I'm not really one to watch YouTube vlogs, but there's no way you'd have to pay me a lot of money to watch that vlog. Let's, let's put it that way. I think. Okay, would, Tom, I'm I've got a question for you. Sort of yeah, would Ben Foster make it into your combined Wrexham County team? Now, is he better than Scott uh, Scott Slocum? I've just made a made a guy up. Um, Sam Slocum, isn't it? Slocum. Yeah. Sam Slocum. Yeah. Right, come on then, Foster, Foster or Slocum. You can go uh, first, Tom. Yeah, before before the game, this answer might have been a lot different um, post Halifax, but I think uh, it's hard to not put a keeper that's a Premier League was Premier League player last year and has saved the penalty in the game in the in the combined eleven. I think so. You're not going to have too many complaints. I don't think Stoke had a bad game actually. I think he did all right. He made a really good save, and the goals that went in, I'm not sure what he could do about any of them. So um, I, I don't think he's had a bad game there at all. But um, yeah, you can't argue with a, a, a eight-time England international 
penalty saver in 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 the combined eleven. I don't think. Lads, any uh, anyone not thinking Foster? Mark Howard. I knew that was oh, coming. You just want to be Prairie, don't you? <laughs> he's a good player. I don't care what anybody says. He, he's hard done by Chomp. Chomp. I don't he's also he's very magnanimous, good. like that in the celebrations after the match. I mean, he did drop Ben Foster, bless him, but um, you know they, they seem to have a good camaraderie what, between them. And ben Foster. Let's be honest. <laughs> as good as that save was. Ben Foster has still been quite rusty since he's come back out of retirement. There's there's no two ways about it. He's made a couple of good saves. He's um, made a couple of um, errors. And there's been a few bits where you thought, if that's anybody else, he gets slated. So still a bit rusty, but it doesn't matter because there's a there's a ready breck glow surrounding him after yesterday's heroics. So yes, we have to go with um, we have to go with Foster just because um, Slocum makes me nervous. This kind of sweeper keeper approach he's got doesn't always quite work. No, he did nearly get caught out a few times, didn't he? And it's not the, he's been caught out quite a few times this season. But on Foster at half-time, um, I, I regret thinking this and maybe saying it to a few um, other Knots fans, but fortunately I didn't tweet about it, so it's not officially out. But I was um, semi-thinking, wow, I'm really glad they signed Foster. Um, and then at full-time, it was the, the exact opposite. Because as soon as, soon as penalty was given, I realised realized it was in goal. And the fact he records it, I'd have thought it is, it is now written. He will save that in front of his camera. But um, at half time, I, I, obviously, I've seen the free kick back and I don't think he saves it. But the fact they went in, I just thought maybe he could have done better. And I thought Halifax nah. is. Well. Tom, um, just, uh, just, just one last thing because I know like you're kind of sick of hearing about the penalty and certainly sick of seeing it. But has Kedwin Scott ever taken a penalty before? Um, because obviously Rodriguez would be your main penalty taker. He was off the pitch with a with a, a tooth. I don't know. I don't know. Who whacked his tooth out. Um, so first part of the question: Has Kedwin Scott is he known for taking penalties? The second part is: Why is your um, your twenty four hour anonymous leading record breaking goal scorer not stepping up to take that in the heat of battle? Yeah, so on on that's the biggest mystery from the game, I think. Who knocked out Rodriguez's teeth? No one still knows. I don't think if anyone has the answer. It's Toos back in. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, it's Toos back in. Um, so I, I don't know if who knocked him out. But as for the penalty, Scott. Ha- so there's a hypothetical question the other day was put on Twitter was um, about who would your five penalty takers be in a shootout if you needed it, and I had to look up who'd taken a penalty because obviously we've only got Rodriguez. And Scott and Langstaff both took one penalty for Gateshead last season and both of them scored. So, um, yeah, I don't think... I think Gateshead only got two or three penalties last year, so neither of them are like a, a, a seasoned penalty takers. I'm not sure why Langstaff didn't take. We all thought he would take it. Um, and when it was Scott that stepped up, I wasn't unhappy. Um, the fact that he'd been out injured did go from my mind. It's, you know, he didn't have a great game either so when he came on. He was fairly quiet. Um, so I thought Langstaff would take it but in the hindsight and hindsight is amazing I'd have given it to Bostock I think um, because he's got all that experience and he showed he had the composure for the free kick so um, I think but to be honest with you it was one of those where I'm not a big believer in like fate and all that but it was just it just had it written all over it that he would that he would save it I think and what you said about what he said after the game that's crazy that he sort of Read it, read it where it was going to go, and eighteen, eighteen years exactly since that penalty save and him winning the LDV Vans Trophy final Rex, and eighteen years to the day 
that's weird, isn't it? I mean, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. He just had it written all over it. I think when 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 it was given, we we were all celebrating weirdly, but it was like we all sort of realised Ruben's not on the pitch, and then it was like ah, okay, we've not been in this position, and it just it just didn't feel. You just weren't confident, really, any of us that confident in the penalty. And that's not against Scott, that's just anyone who would have taken it, I think. It just was, yeah. Can, can, we, confident, can we confidently say after yesterday that Mullen is the master and Langstaff is the apprentice? Um, n- no, but we can say... <laughs> it's worth a try. Yeah, no, but we can say that Mullen um, is a massive, massive big game player and I'm, I was so impressed with him. And the fact that I mean, I forgot he was on the other card, actually. So maybe some of his, uh, his roughhousing yeah. was a bit risky, actually. I forgot he was on, he was on a yellow. Um, but I'm so impressed with the way he just bullied our defenders, really. And maybe there were fouls. But I'm not going to complain because there should have been a penalty in the first half for you guys. And I couldn't believe it that that wasn't given. So mm. I'm not really going to complain about that foul. Right, come on. We need to... We need to... Uh, get through this uh, this this uh, this joint eleven. So next we've got Barnet against. How do I say his name? Is it Name Neyman Nemani? Uh, go on. We, we we, none of us are really sure. We just go with Neman or Neman. Um, yeah, he's, right. he, he said in an interview he doesn't mind. Like he doesn't really have a third way. So. No. Oh, okay. Right. This is a hard one. Barnet on them. On, on. I'm going to call him Yaman. Neman. Yeah, I like that. Um, this is a hard one. Liam, do you want to go first? Yeah, it's, it's tough because um, you know, Barnett's come in for us and I think he's been yet another piece of the puzzle and really positive for us attacking-wise. Uh, I think yesterday we saw a bit more of the defensive side of his game, but if you're going to talk about over the course of the whole of this season, I think that's one position where I would maybe concede because I think Yaman has been um, the man for County and I was quite surprised that we actually managed to nullify him. So, for that reason alone, yeah, I'll go for your man. I'll be nice. <laughs> do you know? Do you know who? Do you know what his full his, his full name is? Uh, Tom probably does. Full no, name. I don't, know, I don't know his don't know his middle name. Aaron Evans Neman. So he's practically Welsh. <laughs> Aaron Evans Neman. That's that's just weird. Well, because he's Welsh, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna put him in as well because I think he's been consistently good all season. And, you know, I'm conceding this one because there's a few coming up. I might, I might dig my heels in. So uh, so he gets a vote from me. Tim? Uh, I think you have to give it him purely on the fact that um, Barnett has not had a full season with us yet. So I, I, know, he, I know he performed well for, for Solihull. And I, I've been impressed by what I've seen of Barnett. He, he does what a wing is supposed to do, which is beat your man, cross it in, job done. I like that you're straightforward about it, but I think uh, I think Mr. Evans, your man, um, is 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 gets the vote on this one. Cool, uh, Tom. You you don't have anything against that, do you? No, no. I thought he had a really decent first half. Actually, I thought he made Mendy. Mendy was really poor first half. I thought um, he looked scared at times, and he, he. I don't think he was used to being in the flat back five. Like he, he just didn't look like he was comfortable defending. So I think he has to get credit for that. But he just sort of, he, as he does for us a lot, he does tire around the 60 minute mark. So I think he ran out of steam, to be honest. But yeah, it definitely goes in for me, I think. Just Barnett is a great player as well. But yeah, the main, the man, your man goes in. 
Um, right, I'm going to be a bit controversial on the back three. and We can only pick people who played yesterday, I think, rather than like, like look through the whole... Do floor. I not get a say in this because I'm on a tree? <laughs> what, what are you even there? That's such an angry Vox pop. <laughs> I don't it's get a say in this. It's because you're in South Wales. You know, we're sick of the South getting all the attention. Uh, okay, sorry. Angry man on a train. What do you think? Hang on. Go listen to the nice lady... Sorry, oh, this is don't get a say. I was just I was waiting for the lady to stop, stop telling me the stations were going to be stopping at. Um, oh, God. Bridgen is the next station. Um, what I was going to say was, I agree. Go to the next person. Oh, my God. Right. Th- that okay. was it. You absolute ass. Right. You're still drunk. Uh, okay. I'm going to say that I would pick all three of Wrexham's centre-halves over counties. Now, Tom, I want you to come back at me and say which one deserves to get, which ones deserve to get in ahead of our back three. Uh, based on yesterday's performance, it's hard, it is hard, it is hard to argue because all, fr- all three were not at their best. Um, that's for sure. It's hard. And you said we can't, if he's not based on players, I think Baldwin would go in, but obviously he didn't play. Um, yeah, it's difficult because I thought, Badrami, she had a really good game other than his mistake, which obviously is massive because it cost us the third goal. So it's it's, it's hard to argue someone that has a goal-defining mistake. And I know Cameron gets the goal, um, so he looks like it, he looks like he's had a good game, but he, he, all three goals came from his channel. So um, maybe Rawlinson, but O'Connell had a good game as well, didn't he? So it, it's... Um, yeah, if if Bajami hadn't made the mistake, maybe I'd argue over Toza because well, Toza didn't have a bad game, did he? he didn't really. Uh, uh, he did all right. I think Toza. Toza yeah, had a really good so, game for us. Yeah, so it's hard. It's hard for me to, based on the strength of the game yesterday, it's hard for me to argue uh, any of the three. And that's not me saying that all three of your players are better um, for the whole season. Maybe Cameron goes in over a course of the season. I just think he did get his his lack of pace did get exposed, unfortunately. But, um, um, any any nutters on public transport want to say anything? <laughs> Just want to say how great transport for Wales is. What an amazing service! It's always reliable would, down here. I I have got a, a give due impartiality, so I won't be saying that. But I will point out that this is a great West Midlands train. You sound like a Dalek. Yeah, Reece, to this here. discussion is that I do think that Ben Toza has been one of our most underrated players this season. Oh, right. He wants to marry Ben Toza. That, that was the gist of it. We need to sort of scoot through this. So, guys, any anything that's that's going to stop the free Wrexham Centre-House coming in? Uh... No, but your rules have also excluded Aaron Hayden, so I'm very upset. Yeah, but, you know, if he's not playing, he's not playing. Oh, fucking hell, brutal. <laughs> brutal. Right. Brutal guilty. Yeah. I think you, you maybe argue if you had to get one in Cameron for O'Connor because O'Connor's not a sense about, but he still had a good game, like you said. And he was um, probably one of the players that wound, wound our fans up the most of how long it took him to take a corner. But obviously, <laughs> I've never seen someone jog and walk at the same time, but he managed to to do both. It was it was quite impressive, but he's a very good player. So I think based on yesterday, you can't argue any of our players in because they the bat three what cost us I think so. Chickson versus Mendy and let's can I just want to go on record by saying that Tom Williams absolutely loves Mendy, um won't stop going on about him. So um, Liam, do you want to have a, a go first? 
It's a tough one, really, because if you talk about things like you know consistency over the course of a season, I think Mendy has blown a bit hot and cold. You know, there's been times when he's been great going forward, scored fantastic goals. There's been times when he's been shaky at the back. But oh, I don't know. I'm struggling this with this one because again, if I thought there was you know another player that was going to cause us difficulty, you know, I thought I thought it was going to be in the wide areas. I'm going to be controversial and go for Chicks. I don't think he even finished that, but I think I think he went Chicks in there. Uh, Tim. Yeah. Well, Adam Chickson also has a Welsh middle name, Thomas. So um, yeah, not only have they got an Evans and a Kedwin, they've also got an Adam Thomas Chickson. So um, he represents Zimbabwe internationally. Who would have thought it? I thought Mendy was really, really good yesterday. And if we're basing it on that one performance, then he probably gets in ahead of me. I just think, I think Mendy was decent. Um, I'm not sure I'd say what Tom said, that he, was, he looked scared in the first half. I think he was just trying to get, get to grips with a very tricky customer. So I think he did in the end. Um, so... I like Jackson, but I'm going to stick with Mendy because the way he's turned the form book around in his favour. Um, I uh, I'm quite happy to go Jackson just because it. I, I like his renaissance. I like the fact that he was more or less being bombed out of that club uh, a season ago, but now he scored scored 12 goals from from left wing back or 11, 12 goals, and I think he's always consistent. I didn't think he played brilliantly yesterday. But I think he's probably more consistent than Mendy at the moment. But I do think Mendy's game will come on the more he he's he deals with a full time club. So I'm, I'm, I'm I would concede Chickson on this, Tom. Yeah, like you said, I'm a big fan of Mendy, uh, but I'm, I'm going to go for Chickson as well. Not just so we get another player in there. I just think, like you said, Chickson's renaissance has been unbelievable. I absolutely love Chickson. Um, he works so hard. He didn't didn't have his. I don't think he had a bad game yesterday. He, he was a li- little bit quiet, maybe, but um, his game a lot of the time is uh, attacking sense. is ghosting in at the back post, and there was no real chance of that in a game that where it was, you know, you were quite compact. Um, and I just think Mendy. I know it's easy to say if he doesn't score, he has a bad, like a, not a great game. Just like you say, by draw me, I thought I had a good game other than the mistake. But I think the goal maybe overshadowed his overall performance I thought I was just the main doesn't get down the right side enough he doesn't take on his man enough but especially first half and Jody Jones seemed to take him on a few times as well um first half he, he should have got past him more because every time he did he had him beaten for pace and um he got he got him on that yellow as well um and out the second half but I just thought maybe Jones could have got at him and, and maybe challenged him more on that yellow so I think Chickson goes in for me, um, consistency as well. And yeah, just all round Chickson for me. Okay, I think Chickson's gonna gonna make it in there. Now I think we're getting really, really interesting uh in the midfield. Uh, because I did actually like the look of Bostock. Um and you know, he scored an absolutely worldy free kick. I mean, he wouldn't have scored it if I'd Walder decided to jump, but you know, that's that's by the by. So are we matching up Bostock with well, so is it James Jones or Cannon? Because I think Cannon was probably the the, the deepest. So if we're matching up Bostock and Cannon, I'm I'm, I'm probably going to go for Bostock. I think Cannon's come in and showed showed he's really good when he's when he's attacking, but sometimes when he's defending, maybe 
maybe he doesn't track as much as other midfielders. And I thought I thought Bostock just played well all, all the way through. So Liam, Tim, anybody want to come in on that? Yeah, it's a difficult one because I haven't seen too too much of Bostock. But based on what I saw yesterday, he was the, the player that stood out for me, especially in that in that first half. He was at the centre of everything that was going well for for County. Um, and as I mentioned, I really like Andy Cannon. Think he's a, a neat and tidy player. But there's just been, I'd say, probably two or probably two or three occasions now where he's just been caught facing his own goal. When you know, whereas someone like Tom O'Connor would be you know, looking to get the ball out, that type of thing. So based, based purely on that, and because it was a worldie of a free kick, I will concede to Bostock. Tim, are you conceding? Yeah, I mean, Bostock's my mother's maiden name, so we're probably related some way down the track. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I thought Cannon... Are you just have... trying to say that every county player is Welsh in some way? Yeah, pretty much. I, I, don't, I don't know how I started this trend, but I'm doing pretty well for it so far. I mean, it's... Largely baseless, but it's adding a touch of humour to proceedings. That's the way I'm versing it anyway. You're all laughing, so screw you. I, I um, would like to add as well that Macaulay Langstaff's um, girlfriend is Welsh, so perhaps that explains his uh, fact that he didn't turn up. Maybe she slipped something into How do you, how do you know that, Reese? How do you know that? Uh, I have sources. <laughs> is she an ex? It's not at all suspicious, is it? No, 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 genuinely they are. She, she's name? Welsh. Is it, a good, is it a strong Welsh name? No comments. <laughs> ah, she's making stuff up on the train. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's actually Williams. Yeah. Train drunk. Train drunk. Um, long story short, of that I didn't think Cameron had his best game yesterday. No, he didn't. Bostock. Um, Bostock's yeah. in. Bostock's yeah. in. He's in. Right. Um, who else are we looking at? So in the so we got. I think Lee versus Rodriguez is going to be going to be a really really tight one. But it's Jones against Tom. Remind me of the other midfielder. Sorry. No, we we actually had Palmer oh, and Brian in there, so it's it's going to be hard to I guess compare with the strikers. I guess you you could change out Scott in there because you you're two up front in you rather than. Should we do O'Brien against James Jones? I think that's the easier one, and then then we'll do re, um, we'll do uh, Lee and Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy with, with with whatever. I think it's for me. Feel for me, it's hard because um, our midfield first off were in control of the game. All three. I thought Palmer's our best midfielder. Um, I would say by quite a distance. Maybe he didn't show it yesterday. He did have a good game. I still thought he had a good good game. And it's hard with O'Brien because I thought we fall apart is the wrong word. But when he came off, we did lose that grit in midfield. Um, yeah. I mean, you scored straight away when he came off, didn't you? So um, that was a bit disappointing as well. Um, it's just struggling with hitting Lee against Rodriguez. That one's a struggle for me. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'll be yeah. honest. If it's Palmer against Jones, I'd probably go Palmer. But if it's Palmer against O'Brien, I'd go Jones. And I think, hang on, if I said Palmer against O'Brien... <laughs> Um, Are you keeping track of this for the for the eleven uh, eleven graphic you're going to make up? Uh, if it's Jones against O'Brien, I'd go Jones. I thought Jones did really well yesterday, and he's becoming a bit integral to how we play. He's playing that Luke role, Young role, uh, and he's absolutely running down everything. He's so energetic, but I did see flashes of quality from Palmer. He did he did look really good on the ball. Um, if we're going to say it's against O'Brien. 
um, which I think we are, just because of the positions they play, then then I'm going to go Jones. Uh, any anyone got anything different to say on that? Mm, no, I think maybe maybe you go Palmer against Lee, and then Rodriguez against one of the strikers. Just yeah, fine, to, we'll do that. We'll do that. A bit more, um, yeah, and, comparisons. Yeah, yeah. and cool. I think yeah, yeah, I think for me, like Palmer's is the better midfielder over Bostock. Bostock had a better game, probably. Um, you know, highlighted by his free kick. Maybe if you take the free kick out, maybe Palmer had a better game. I don't know. But obviously, you can't take the free kick out because it's a great goal. Um, but I think Palmer's possibly is tough for me. The midfield. I thought all three had a good game for us. But then again, your midfield second half just um, seemed to overrun us. I don't know what happened really. It, maybe it's Jones. Couldn't really. Maybe it is Jones, and maybe he does. He does. He does have to go in because we just seem to get overrun in the second half. Yeah, our Jones was quite key to that. I'm going to put Jones in, and then if we do Palmer up against Lee, which isn't the like for like that we were thinking, but if we are matching up as much as we can, I don't think it's it's fair to put Scott in just because he came on missed a penalty. Um, it's probably best we leave him out of it. Now Palmer, I did I did see flashes, but I thought Lee was fantastic yesterday, and he got the winner. He never stopped running. He he ran back. Um, he took on his man. He did little tri- triangles. I mean, it's hard for me to see past Lee. I do think he's he is a player that is at least League One standard. Anyone else? Uh, no, I thought he's I thought he's great. His all round game. You could argue that was, that was probably his best game for us as well. Just disrupting, tracking back, right place for the goal. Um, yeah, he's come into his own the last sort of four to six weeks, I think, and. Um, Every inch of the player we thought we were we were getting, so I I, I plumped for him over um, over Matt Thomas Palmer. There you go. Was another, oh, another oh, yeah, named after Dylan Thomas. I heard. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or Matthew Matthew Kelly or Matthew Corbett, one of them. Yeah. So anyway. okay, um, uh, you could have had yeah, Matthew yeah. Reese if you wanted to carry on the, the Welsh. Uh... Hmm. Um, okay, right. I was, I was just going to say on Lee, I just think he what impressed me so much was his tracking back. Um, I didn't really realise he was that good defensively. We were saying in in the in our stand, like the first half, he was just so good defensively. Like, he didn't abandon his position at all. It, he didn't. Um, his concentration was there the whole the whole time. Well, he was fantastic. Um, if you're doing a combined team, I personally, from a knots point of view, would have Palmer in over Bostock. But that's how. That's up to you how you how you want to argue it. Obviously, you've probably seen the best of Bostock. That was definitely Bostock's best performance for us by a long distance. Um, Shows he's a big t- time player, then Tom. Can't yeah. look past that. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Like you said about Bostock, you can't buy, but experience. Well, you can buy experience, but yeah, like you said earlier, he is a very experienced player, and he's definitely one for big games. I think you can't buy experience, but you can get it on a free transfer from uh, Doncaster. I think is the moral of that story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Right, so it, it's going to have to be Rodriguez against... I mean, how are we going to do this, guys? Because really and truly, it, it's got to be Mullin and Langstaff up front for this, isn't it? I mean, even though Langstaff barely touched the ball yesterday, he's, you can't look, a, look away from a season where he scored nearly 45 goals. Um, I would push for those two to be the, to be the front two, and I think it would be yeah. a brave man to, uh, to, to really argue against that. I mean, we've got Rodriguez in the mix, and I, I mean, I do struggle with it having a joint eleven without a minute. But 
I, then again, you're not, how are you going to chuck Paul Mullin out of that? Um, same for Lang stuff as well. You know, there's saw some people who can't be the most observant on uh, Red Pash and saying, oh yeah, Lang stuff didn't get luck in yesterday. That means he's rubbish. I was like, well, no, he's, he's breaking records for fun this season. Most one of the most natural strikers I've seen, and we can talk all about this debate about you know goals from open play and stuff. That is a pretty crazy statistic that there's no penalties in there. So yeah, I've got no arguments with Mullen and Lang stuff. Yeah, I'd echo that. It's it, that's why I say it's difficult with midfield because then you've got Rodriguez, and it's from our point of view, it's like oh we want we take Rodriguez and Palmer and Lang stuff, but then who do you drop from your from your midfield, and then it becomes unbalanced because you've got. Lee and Rodriguez and all you know all these attacking players, but you can't argue with Mullen and Langstaff up top. I mean, I was so impressed with Mullen. Um, I I didn't think he. I, I knew he was good, but I didn't perhaps know he was quite that good. Um, and he's he's fantastic. And as for Langstaff, yeah, like you said, he didn't have his best game, but I don't think he, his game is is always off limited service anyway. And people said he didn't have many touches. But he never has many touches. It normally is. He has a couple of touches and scores. It's just unfortunate we didn't. I've, I wish we had played into him more. Maybe t- taking a gamble and got into his feet and see seeing what happens. Um, see if he could turn toes or, or something. Uh, we just didn't give him the ball enough, and it's unfortunate for him. I don't think he had a particularly bad game. A lot of his game is about occupying the other defenders to let Rodriguez and and the others do their thing. Um, that's a lot of his game because at this point in the season, pe- people know what he's about. They know he's going to score a goal. So, like you said, I think he has to go in. He didn't have his best game, but he just won the play of the month for March. He scored eight in six and scored in every single game. So he's 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 done pretty well recently. Uh, right, angry man on train. I think that's us picked our team. Is there anything you want to come in on? Uh, can you hear me? Yes, that's wonderful. Um, no, I, I agree with a lot of that's been said. What I was trying to tell you earlier was that I do think that Ben Tozer has been one of our most underrated players this season. And I think people really take it for granted and they just think, oh, you know, uh, the, the Hayden's always getting applauded, so Connell's always getting applauded, you know, Tunnicliffe, and rightly so, they're all quality. But I think who's the bloke that's played 90 minutes in every game? Who has got so many assists from throw-ins? Uh, he's an absolute rock at the back. They're really comfortable on the ball. He can also cross the ball. He's got he's got plenty of assists from crosses. So I'm just here to to blow the horn for Ben Toza. You Super have blown ben. his horn. Toza's <laughs> horn has absolutely been tooted. Reese is not the only one who's blowing a horn for uh, for Ben Toza. Uh, Ryan Reynolds' mum was apparently uh, flirting with a rock solid centre back. Me needs to take out the word rock solid <laughs> for the connotations. We're going to get him sacked here, aren't we? We're going to get Toza sacked. That was accidental. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, are we picking? Did we say we were picking Ruben, Oshin, Bobby Gould, Rodriguez over? No, 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 we're not. He's on the bench. Right, He's last one. It. Last thing: Who are we going as the boss? Bruce Springsteen. Uh, I'd obviously have to say Luke Williams. He's got a Welsh last name as well, so that does fit with the uh, like, like I do. So you know that does fit with the uh, the narrative of your Welsh picks. But um, obviously, I would say Luke Williams. And I'm not going to say obviously if I get outvoted, I can't I can't uh, argue otherwise. But obviously, right. I'm going to say this right. I'm going to say this. I think Parky is the right person to get us out of non-league and maybe League Two. 
I will think there will become a point where Ryan and Rob's money don't doesn't mean as much because you're up against big clubs like Sheffield Wednesday or something like that. I think then you need a progressive manager like Luke Williams to take you then the rest of the way if it's if it's at all possible. But for now, Parkey is the guy you need to get you where you need to be. And then when your money doesn't mean as much and you need to be a little bit more dynamic in things, then you turn to someone like Luke. Uh, what I am saying is I do rate Luke Williams and in 18 months, we will steal him from you, uh, Tom. But at the moment, he's he's yours. Please don't. Uh, <laughs> two years, two years. We'll give you two years. I don't want to park. He, he, he'll get us to league. He'll get us to league one. He'll be fine. Um, Tim, do you concur? Yeah, I'm just looking at um, Luke Williams' record. Because, like, you know, pre-Notts County, I didn't really know where he'd come from. And obviously, had a bit, a bit of time at... Uh, Swindon and and Swansea and uh, Milton Keynes, Bristol, a few places and um, yeah, Notts County's record really good. If this is up to date, um, he's won thirty one of his forty six games, lost four, drawn eleven. I know Parky's paid more than twice that. I think Parky's in the one hundred and four, hundred and five games now, and he's won the vast majority. I think he's lost fifteen and he's won sixty four, sixty five. That is high end win percentage. I think we, we said the other week that's like, you know, Jose Mourinho first season at Chelsea stats. Um and yeah, he, he's been given the tools to to construct a really good team, but you still got again singing a tune. You know, they can come in and be mercenaries or whatever. But he's he, his man management is probably going beneath the radar a bit of how good he is at pulling these players together. Um and we've seen that with people players on the fringes that are still getting involved and being the unofficial cheerleaders of the team. So I think whilst Luke Williams is undoubtedly a very bright, up-and-coming manager making his way in the game, I think you have to give it to a, a seasoned old, old pro who, who didn't quite work out for him at Sunderland. And essentially, he's, he's rebuilding his managerial career and he's doing a hell of a good job at it. So I'll have to give it to Super Phil. Yeah, I can't concede on <clears throat> Parky because I've got huge respect for both managers. And like Andy says, you know, I can see a scenario where Luke Williams ends up managing, you know, a much higher level. It, you know, it's like people, what people break things down a bit too simplistically when, you know, after we see games like yesterday, but you, you have to look at it over the course of the season. You've got two teams on a hundred points or more, and you just have to say, you know, hats off to County because it's ridiculous how tight it's been. It's not over yet either. And yeah, two great managers, but for me, it's just Parkinson. I think I think it's just because I've warmed to him more this season. You know, like last season, early stages, there was times when we were all a bit unsure about him, but he really seems to buy into it. And he was talking about the Halifax game after the after the county game, saying how gutted he was that the fans went away without value for money on on that Friday, all four thousand of them. So yeah, I'm, I'll go for I'll stick by our man Parkinson, but that's with the, the caveat that I think Luke Williams is superb and he will go on to to great things. Uh, lastly, um, train boy, are you going to go Bentoza? Bentoza? Do you mean yeah, Parky? You love him so much. Oh no, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to throw away uh, weights behind Phil Parkinson here. Uh, echoes comments made by Liam. You know, a lot of respect for Luke Williams. He's clearly a very talented guy. I thought he was incredibly gracious with his comments post match as well, which was great to hear. Um, 
And he's obviously an incredible job. Let's just take a moment to say that. You know, they've got 100 points. They'll probably get 109 or even 107. You know, either way, it's a hell of an achievement. Can you hear me? I can hear Yes, but you're yeah. dragging. All right, you've got got 10 seconds. You, you, fa- you, you fell into the matrix reloaded then, but you are back. Okay, fine, I'm back. Uh, yeah, Parky uh, gets it for me. You know, what a job yesterday. Exploited County's high line. We could have had more rewards from it, but but for quite a few dodgy offside calls. So yeah, Parky gets my vote. Perfect. Right, thank you. Right, we need to tie this up because I feel I've been doing this pod forever. And if I feel I've been doing it and I've been on it, well, what's it like for you guys listening to it? Um, right. <laughs> what a glowing indictment of my own pod. Um, but anyway, right. Um, before we go, we're going to have to do predictions. And Tim, do you want to have a quick word about the about the massive game coming up for the women's team? Uh, yes. Well, they've they've got a, an absolutely enormous enormous game against Britain Ferry on uh, on Sunday down at Newtown. They've obviously applied for a Tier 1 licence and had it approved. So the next big thing now is um, is whether they win it. It's, it's, it's a winner-takes-all winner situation, really. So whoever wins from that game, which is down at Leyden Park in Newtown at, I think it's a 6.30 kickoff, if my mind serves me correct. Um, so yeah, winner-takes-all. No, it's not 6.30. It's what it's a... I'm gone. No, it is six thirty. I was looking at the wrong one. It's definitely six thirty. Um, massive game promotion playoff. Gennaro Adron leagues. If whoever wins it goes up to the to the Premier. It's as simple as that. So, and in doing so, Wrexham Moon would bec- become the first semi-professional women's football team in Wales. So there's a lot at stake. Fully confident in in Steve Dale's team, especially Rosie Hughes, and you know. There's so many talented players in that team that, you know, we probably don't talk enough about because it's easy for our focus to be on the men's team all the time. But the women's the women's team have really pulled up some trees this year and, and they will get a lot of coverage the second season, the documentary, and rightly so. You know, they're, they're, there's a lot of, lot of really talented players there. And hopefully this promotion will only see them go from strength to strength. And I'm, I'm pretty confident they'll do it. I, I, I'll be honest, I don't know much about Britain Ferry ladies, um, but they'll be bang up for it. You know, it's, it, there's as much riding on it for them as, as, as Rex women, but yeah, pretty confident that they'll do the business and they'll probably be well supported as well. No doubt. Uh, no doubt. Mr. McElhenney may well stick around to go to that. Um, I believe he's still in town for, for buying it away. So I would not be surprised to see him turn up in mid Wales to, to cheer on, on the ladies. So good luck to them. Um, we're, we're absolutely hundred percent certain you can do it. Yeah. Echoed by everyone here. Even, even Tom. Um, yeah, I just wanted to quickly, yeah, definitely good luck to them. And, uh, shout out our women's team as well. Our women's team won the league. I think it's the season, the week before last, I think, um, at Meadow Lane. Yeah. So, um, just goes to show both teams, uh, both yeah, both women's and the men's for both clubs are doing brilliantly. Just a point of order because I haven't got my glasses on. I'm blind. It's four thirty that Wrexham take on the the South Champions Britain Ferry. Um, it's the earlier one, one fifteen, where the under nineteens, um, the champions of their league, Wrexham will play Cardiff um, earlier that day um, at the same ground in in, uh, in Newtown. So yeah, four thirty for the ladies, one fifteen for the under nineteens. There we have cool. it. 
keep an eye on the Wrexham Twitter for all the travel details and updates. Yeah, good luck. Good luck, everyone. Right, we can only finish this one way. Predictions. Um, Tom, do you want to go first? Or you've got uh, Woking at home. I'm going for 4-0 Woking. I hope not. Um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll win. I think we'll bounce back. Um, Woking are a really good team. I know they give you a lot of issues. I think they, they probably are a better stylistic matchup for them than you guys are. Um, just like you were a better matchup for someone like Bromley. We really struggled and you, you did pretty well. So um, I think we'll win 2-0. That's what I said we beat you guys by. So we've got to win 2 at some point. So I'm going to say 2-0 to beat Woking. Um, yeah, Langstaff double just to get some more goals and, and, and he, he also bounced back. Cool. Um, I was going to say two Scott penalties, but, you know, maybe not. Um, right. Let's let's talk about Barnet. Liam, do you want to go first? Yeah, um, a few weeks back, I was this was a fixture I was looking at quite quite nervously because they were on you know really decent run of form. But I I've just got this positive feeling. I don't know that it'll necessarily be a steam roll, but I think two 0 win for us at Barnet would do. Clean sheet, fairly comfortable performance. I'll stick with that. Reese. Hello, sorry for the delay. Um, I predicted a draw against uh, Nottingham County, uh, so I will... Who's <laughs> Nottingham County? So, so I will uh, I'll continue the theme. Uh, it's a tough place to go. I'm going to say a one-all draw and hope for a win. Tim? Yeah, Barnett, weird team. They don't concede many. If you take the Gateshead one out of it, that was penalties, but um, they... They just don't. Most of their their wins or draws are literally by one goal. So I imagine that they're going to be quite tight at the back. So I, I fancy I fancy Foster to build on his penalty save with a cheeky uh, clean sheet. I reckon we'll sneak it. No, you know what? They're going to concede more than one. We'll have it two nil, two nil, and Palmer will 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 continue his his absolute lightning run from the bench like Usain Bolt we all thought it was a fan invading the pitch and it, it was uh, Ollie Palmer at the end of that match so he will continue that ridiculously searing pace and get back on the score sheet because it's been a while so Palmer double um, I'm of the I'm of the thinking that if we do not lose on Saturday then we're gonna we're gonna win the league um, so with that in mind I think it'll be tight I think we're going to eke out a 2-1 win, but it's going to be a proper... It's going to be everything that Halifax was, but we're going to deal with it better. Um, And I think we're going to eke out a 2-1 win. That was a tour de force. I really enjoyed it, but, but, you know, after after all the nervous energy yesterday to sort of relive it again, it, it was a bit hard, but really enjoyed that, boys. I'd just like to say... Thanks very much. And cheers to Tom for coming on. Cheers, everyone. Thank you. Cheers. Right. Thanks. Bye, everyone. See you later. Bye-bye. Oil bowl. Kedwin Scott. A real pressure penalty. Can he beat Foster? Into a seventh minute of added time. So much tension.
massive moment in the title race. This to make it 3-3. Only adding to the tension by re-spotting the ball. Scott for Notts County. Saved! Saved by Foster! Just a brilliant 